foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. This week we want to move into how psychology compares to the Word of God. We have secular psychology versus Christian theology. And secular psychology is therapies that are insights, rational and emotional behavior modification, where man tries to fix man. But Christian theology is the Word of God and how it applies scriptural principles by renewing our mind and transforming our life by the Holy Spirit. Well, Sharon, how can we give a thought about modern psychology and then refute it with the Word of God? Can we can we just do a couple of examples? Sure. Here? Yeah. Well, what uh, modern psychology really, according to the humanistic view, wants to make God dead and or irrelevant. So we have a lot that we see in our culture today that is saying he doesn't exist. Or if you think he exists, it's a myth and you just need to change your thinking and update your belief. What does yeah. the word of God say? Well, the word of God says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 53.1. That's a fool, Sharon? A fool. Wow. Okay. The, the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Yes. Well, and then, Sharon, there is also the belief that man is just a higher form of the animal species and that we've evolved out of everything from amoeba in a pond to different phases of standing upright Mm -hmm. versus being on all fours. So does the scripture give us any validity for that thinking? No, it doesn't. And in fact, according to 1 Corinthians eleven seven, it says man has been created in the image of God. We also find that in Genesis 1. But people say that, that that's not truth because modern psychology says there is no truth. Everything is relative. So my truth doesn't have to be your truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays that's being applied in our political arena where the government says our truth overrides anything of your truth. Yeah, and it, it, it seems to depend on how much money you have. So it goes to a hierarchy system rather than a absolute And so the Lord doesn't put a lot of emphasis on our world system of thinking with the uh, dollar or the money commodity being a priority. Uh, In John 8, 32, the Lord says, if you abide in my word, and I do a special if you abide (laughs) in my word, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So the Lord seems to have a priority of absolute truth. And since he is a designer of all things, 
regardless of what man's opinion is. And then let's break that down a different level, Sharon, because a lot of times our our young people are being influenced by one another's perception of truth. Yeah, that is true. Well, we just need to be sensitive to how our children are sometimes a little small family within a family. They Mm -hmm. go to school, they spend six, eight hours a day with one another, and they form a bonding sometimes that is as strong or maybe even stronger than within the family home. And they are not taught the principles that are absolute, so they then get into a lot of trouble within their family uh, that uh, what is relative Uh, becomes what becomes dominant within their own group. And I understand from the few youngsters that I deal with that there's a lot of bickering and fighting of different opinions because it's all relative. They do not have a foundation to where they can say, okay, the Constitution's our final authority or the Word of God is our final authority. Uh, They're listening to each other's own minds. Well, I tell you, that is a subtle way that the enemy has gotten in. And we have a few youngsters who come from really strong families where they are grounded. And then when they go to school and take the absolutes that they are living by, they are ridiculed. They are told that they are foolish, that wherever they're getting their information is out of date, and that we have to establish a new way of thinking. You know what, Sharon? There needs to be a new way of thinking. I totally agree with that. But it is that we need to be new creatures in Christ so that we can think with something that we can actually be grounded in. John 3, 3 says man is sinful and needs a new heart. So I'm all for game. If somebody says you need a new way of thinking, I'll say Roger on that. But let's go to where the new way of thinking needs to be. It's not from your mind or my mind. It's that we are new creatures in Christ when we accept him as our final authority. And we should be very busy about holding to that new way of thinking. So you must be born again. So that's the new way of thinking to have a new heart. And you'll never get a new mind to think if you don't have a new heart. That's right. Well, and the new way of thinking is that there is no sin. So, and that comes from that comes from modern psychology, that if a man behaves wrong, it is because he's sick. And it is wrong only if you think it's wrong. And then, you know, Sharon, modern psychology says that man doesn't really have a purpose. We don't really know why man's here. So we just need to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah, the Big Bang just uh, brought us here for no reason. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, in John seventeen three, it does say, and this is eternal life, that they may know me, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And, you know, there's something here that I've just been not wrestling with, but thinking about this week. And it's really emphasized here, eternal life that they may know me. A lot of times, Sharon, we don't want to know someone if we can't understand them. Okay, and and, and that that destroys marriages. It destroys relationships. I'll tell you something, Jane. I have a testimony about that if we have a second. Okay, go for it. I have a 16-year-old daughter, and there's quite a bit of a generation gap there. And I struggled a lot to understand her humor, to understand her lingo and to just to understand her and I guess it was a little over a year ago the Lord just 
enlightened my heart to see that my fight to understand her was overriding my purpose to know her. And when I spent time to know her, then understanding her came natural. Yeah, exactly. So, And we'll never be able to understand the ways of God. I think if we are, as that song, Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, we will still be awed at the way he has worked in understanding him. But we will know him as a person. And things will fall into place as he explains to us why he did what he did. Mm -hmm. And I believe he will be more than willing to do that because it will help us know him. But we don't have to wait till we see him face to face. Well, his word Mm -hmm. gives us so much comfort when we spend time in his word. God's word is sufficient for life and godliness. And we find that in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. And It says, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So In listening to that such a rich passage, it really needs to be divided up and we don't really have time today. But what I get out of that is that the Bible wasn't written to just be a detailed instruction on the sciences or on the mathematics of life or even on the economics, but that it is a thorough explanation on a relationship between God and man, between the creature and the creator. Well, when we allow God's word, Janie, to be the ultimate final authority, we leave no room for the psychology of man to insert anything into our lives. And the way that we can accept the purpose of the way those scriptures was written by looking at Proverbs 9.10, where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Mm. So there is a real lack in fearing the Lord, and that's why everyone is so bold to wind up destroying man who was created in God's image. And it doesn't matter the gender, the color, anything else. We were all made in his likeness in having a body, soul, and spirit. Right. And he has put a purpose in each one of us, and it's not to destroy one another or just to control and dominate one another, nor try to uh, skirt around the difficulties of life. It is to know the fear of the Lord, and when we know the fear of the Lord, then that wisdom shows us the other aspects of our creator that we need to understand to walk here while we travel and have a purpose. Right. And in Proverbs 3, 7 and 8, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And I find this interesting because that's really what psychology tries to do is fix us. But... The thing that we really need is the fear of the Lord, a relationship with God to be healed, to have health and strength and wisdom. It all comes from the fear of the Lord. 
And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHarts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.